Welcome to Head Change, the podcast all about positive personal growth and intentional living at the intersection of culture and faith. The goal, to help you live life like never before. And now, your host, author, speaker, and hero award-winning humanitarian, James L. Clark. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Head Change episode number three. Zero, 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 three. I'm really excited. Today, we're going to be talking about attitude and how attitude affects everything in your life. Even when you don't recognize that it does, I know from experience how a bad attitude can absolutely flatten you. But before we get into that, the quote of the day is, a bad attitude is like a flat tire. If you don't change it, you'll never go anywhere. The first word of the day is uxorious, U-X-O-R-I-O-U-S, and that means doting upon, foolishly fond of, or affectionately submissive towards one's wife. <laughs> definitely doesn't describe me. I could benefit from being more doting, I suppose, but I'm definitely not uxorious, even in the slightest, towards my wife. The second word is penetralia. Penetralia is spelled P-E-N-E-T-R-A-L-I-A. Penetralia. It means the most private or secret things the innermost parts or recesses of a place or thing. <laughs> For some reason in my head, I was thinking, hey, that's my penetralia. <laughs> I'm not sure how you're going to put that to use today, but give it a try. See if you can put it into context and use it in a sentence in the most random places in your day today. Talk about somebody's penetralia and see if it doesn't get you slapped in a mixed class. All right, listen, let's move on now to attitude and why it's so important. So let me ask you, why do you think attitude matters. Why would attitude be such an important and integral part of your success? You tell me, what do you think it might be? Why does attitude matter? I want you to think about people in your life who you've come across who have a bad attitude. How do they affect you? What do they do to your mental state? How do they affect your emotions? How do they affect your day? Well, I can tell you, in my experience, having a bad attitude, firstly, as a person who yielded it, was a really bad idea and it affected my relationships pretty negatively for a long period of time until I matured and got out of that mentality. And being around people who are negative is just a drain. It's an absolute drain on your day. It's a drain on your attitude. It affects you. The people you hang around with are the people you become like. So if you're constantly hanging around someone with a bad attitude, it won't be long before you'll be just like them. As John Maxwell says, everything rises and falls in leadership. And I think there's something really to be said about that statement. If there's two of you in a room, one of you is going to have a stronger personality than the other and is going to rub off directly on the other person. In my opinion, it's a bad idea to hang around with people with a bad attitude. In fact, an often quoted statistic is that seven out of 10 people who lose their job lose their job because of a bad attitude. And for the record, folks, it is not against labor law. I mean, consult an attorney, of course. But as far as I can tell, from what I've read, it is not against the law to fire somebody for having a bad attitude. And let's be honest, man, who can blame somebody? Who can blame an employer for getting rid of somebody who is toxic? But let's first figure out, do you have a bad attitude? You personally. Now, let's be honest. Look at yourself in the mirror. Don't pull any punches. Remember, growth is about dealing with issues. If there's a symptom, you find it. You figure it out, you go to the root of the problem, you get rid of it, you fix it, you move on. What you don't do is pretend that it doesn't exist and then blame everybody else for your problems. So let me ask you this. Do you find during a regular day that everybody around you irritates you? Everybody pisses you off? Everybody just gets under your skin? If you find on the average that people irritate you all the time, chances are problem's not about them, man. It's probably about you and the way that you're perceiving the world around you. 
I used to be like that. I was always upset, always angry, constantly fighting with people for no reason. I was always blaming them too, never taking personal responsibility for my own behavior and my own actions. So if you're anything like I was and everybody around you seems to be the problem, everybody around you seems to irritate you, statistically doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? The reality is it's probably your inability to handle the people around you, your inability to handle your emotions, your inability to step back and disconnect. That really is the root of the issue that is causing you difficulty on a daily basis, not necessarily the people around you on your left, your right before you or behind you. So I submit to you, it's worth examining that. It's worth being honest as a symptom. If everybody around you seems to be the source of your problems, I really do think it's worth your time to take a real honest to God look at your own behavior and ask yourself if it's really you. Another sure sign that you might have an attitude problem is when good things happen to other people, you get pissed off about it. You're bitter about it. You're not happy for them. You don't rejoice in them. You should never feel upset or bitter or shortchanged just because something good happens to someone else around you. You really should be supportive and happy for them. To me, I think the best thing you could do is always be happy for other people, even if you have nothing to gain from it. Here's another sign. Do you ever feel that nothing's ever going your way? In life, you really do need to have a balanced approach to the way that you view things. Sometimes things go wrong. Sometimes they don't happen the way you want. Sometimes you get outcomes that you're not looking for. But you have to take all that stuff and destroy it. The universe isn't deliberately trying to screw your life up. In fact, the universe doesn't owe you anything. So if things don't go the way you want them to go, or somebody else is better off than you are, man, be happy about that. Use that as something to motivate yourself so that you too can progress and move forward in a positive way. Here's another one. Are you always cynical? Are you more of a pessimist? So let's say that you're having a conversation with friends at work, or you're having a conversation with family members, and you're the one that always plays the devil's advocate. You're the one that always has some negative view towards a given conversation. Do you? Is that you? Because if it is, you're not a very pleasant person to be around. And you need to be honest with yourself about that. You don't want to be like that. People who are cynical have bad attitudes. That's what that is by definition. I'm not suggesting that everything has to be about lollipops and rainbows. But I do think you need to be cautious that you don't let negativity reign over your thought process. One thing I really regret about my past was that I always had to be right. No matter who I was arguing with, no matter what the topic... I always had to be right. Nope, I knew it better than you do. That's just the way it is. I'm right. You're wrong. Tough. Deal with it. I don't want to be like that. That's a horrible way to live life. That's such a negative thing. And yet, I used to do it all the time. Couldn't figure it out, man. I knew I didn't want to be like that. And yet, I would behave like that all the time, regularly in conversations with the people I really cared about. Actually, people who were often much more intelligent, much more informed, and frankly, much more tolerant than I ever was. There's no question in my mind that that directly contributed to me losing some very good people in my life, some really good friends that had I been more conscious about my behavior, had I taken steps to try to deal with it, I probably would still have them in my life today. And that's really, truly unfortunate. Thank God there were some friends that stuck it out. They hung in there with me despite my negative attitude. You know, maybe secretly they knew I'd get better and thank God that I did. But more importantly, thank God that they were there to support me and to love me where I was and to tolerate me enough to let me go through that process. So I'm telling you, take a look at yourself. Ask yourself, do you do that? In the last conversations that you've had that were arguments, if you will, during those arguments, 
How many times were you sure 100% that you were the one that was right and you walked off all in a huff, all upset, I know I'm right, I'm the right guy, I'm right. Not that you should be having arguments on a regular basis anyways, but if you are, and more times than not, you're the one that always feels that you're right and you're the one that's been insulted, well, that's another surefire way of knowing that you're the one that probably has the bad attitude. None of that means that you're not going to have arguments where you're right. There will be times when you're correct. Of course, how you handle the argument says a lot about your character, doesn't it? If you're gracious in an argument, even when you know you're correct, that is a really nice way to be. I'd rather be like that than be the know-it-all who always tries to prove that they're correct. I'm wrong all the time. I would rather be wrong and learn from that experience, accept that I'm wrong, and then learn the correct answer than be like, no, 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 I'm correct, I'm correct, and then I'm living in constant ignorance about that particular thing, not to mention the fact that I'm poisoning relationships everywhere I go. When I was young, there was a certain man in my life who didn't know what an MRE is. An MRE is a meal ready to eat, okay? It was manufactured for the U.S. military by a number of contractors over the decades. I started eating them back in, oh, I would say mid-1980s, late-1980s, right after C-rations were starting to be phased out. And I don't remember exactly the whole context of the conversation, but this individual said that he knew what MREs were, and I said, oh, okay, what are they? And he said, were there meals, ration, emergency? And I started laughing, and he was so convinced that he was right and he was going to prove it to me that he knew what he was talking about. And it's so comical because that's not what they're called. That's simply not the name. So factually, he was not accurate. It's not personal. It wasn't like I was trying to be a jerk or something, but that's an individual who I've known for a long time who always seemed to have a bad attitude. He simply couldn't stand being wrong. He couldn't stand that somebody would know more than he could. That's just an emotional hangup. That's insecurity. And a lot of men are like that. We are so desperate to be approved. We're so desperate to be accepted and liked. We want to feel like a man so bad that we would rather act like an asshole than be the kind of guy that we really should be, which is the kind of guy that's going to draw people to you. A good person, a person with integrity, a person with character, these kind of attributes draw people to you. People want to be around positive people. They don't want to be around negative people. Nobody wants to be around people who are constantly complaining. Nobody wants to be around people who are always using the word can't. You can't do this. You can't do that. I can't. I can't. I can't. You can't. Oh, it's ridiculous. We avoid people who always blame everyone else and who always make excuses. People who refuse to change drive us crazy. Nobody wants to be around somebody who's always attacking other people or always trying to discredit them. Oh, or, or conspiracy theories, always spouting off conspiracy theories. These are negative attitudes. So trust me, if you're out there and you're the one that's constantly getting offended in an argument, if you're the one that always thinks you're right, you're probably not. And all it takes to change is to be honest about it. It just takes being introspective. It just takes looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, you know what? I don't want to be like that. That's not the kind of character that I want. And I'm willing to take steps to change it. Here's another one. Have you ever found yourself in a conversation getting angry pretty easily or in circumstances where you get angry pretty easily over stuff that you probably shouldn't? Anger is something that I've dealt with off and on over my entire life too. I mean, I was a pretty angry child for a lot of reasons. The home that I grew up in 
wasn't the ideal home. And unfortunately, my mother, God bless her, as a single parent, didn't really have the skill set required to be the best parent. Now, she didn't mean harm. She wasn't trying to hurt me. But at the end of the day, it still affected me. And so I was pretty angry growing up. I got in fights as a child all the time. I was constantly ticked off at people. It didn't matter what you did or what you didn't do. I was always happy to be angry at something. Now, anger can be a good thing, but often it's not. Often it's misused or abused or put into the wrong situation at the wrong time. So if you find yourself getting angry at things over little things, you might need to step back and ask yourself if that's something that's a problem. I mean, it was a problem for me. I still on occasion struggle with it where I get irritated over something that's pretty innocuous and small and isn't something worthy of that kind of outburst. And yet I'll get pissed off and want to slam a door or something. I'm much better at it now in terms of controlling it than I've ever been in my life. When I was younger, it was very easy for me to just emotionally vomit some anger out. And that can manifest itself in a variety of ways. I remember in high school, I punched somebody I really cared about just because he pissed me off. And this is a friend, somebody I loved dearly. And to this day, I really cherish them as a person. And yet, boom, flew off the handle, cracked him in the eye, gave him a black eye. What a disgusting display of anger. What a disgusting display of emotion. That's not how we're supposed to behave. And yet... I had this behavior pattern that I had built up where that was the first course of action was to get angry. Now, not necessarily hit people or anything like that, but it wasn't uncommon for me to just get mad, just get angry. If you go back to episode two, we talked about the dichotomous view of man and how emotions are stuck on an arbitrary scale from say zero to 10. For me, my anger scale was stuck, oh, at about a six or seven. And I didn't even know what one, two, three, four, five was. I was just stuck there because of the events that had happened where I constantly would get angry and then my emotions wouldn't drop down. Then I'd get angry and then my emotions wouldn't drop down. I was stuck in place and it took some real time. It took some effort. It took being honest with myself. It took caring about myself and the people around me to know that that was something I had to address. I had to get a handle on it. One of the ways that I did that was I read books on anger. I went out and studied it. I wanted to know more so I could try to determine what was causing the problems I was experiencing. There was a great book in 1993 uh, by Tim LaHaye, if I remember correctly, called Anger is a Choice. And I remember in that book, he said that anger is a really common problem with a lot of people. It's epidemic, especially in the West. It's a perfectly acceptable emotion provided that you handle it properly. And like I said, and I will say over and over again, the problem isn't the problem. It's your inability to handle the problem that's the problem. In my experience, if you're involved in altercations that stem from really tiny little problems, you're probably the big issue. You're probably the one causing it. You're probably the one that isn't handling things well and you're letting little things get to you. I really genuinely want the best for you. And I can tell you through experience that the only way you're going to get where you want to get, the only way you're going to reach the levels of success that you want to reach, the only way that you're going to have the personal growth that you're after is by addressing issues like this. I mean, anger is such an important topic that I'll probably do a podcast entirely dedicated to addressing it and how to overcome it. But for now, let's just stay on topic. So far, though, I've given you some pretty good ideas of how to recognize a bad attitude in others and more importantly, in yourself. But the number one, the big one, the big indicator that you might be the problem, that you might be the guy with the bad attitude is if other people tell you you have a bad attitude. It is that simple. If just one or two, eh, maybe you can ignore it. But I'm telling you, if three or four or five people in your life, if people you don't know tell you you have a bad attitude, then it's something you really need to sit up and take notice of. You need to take it seriously. You don't want to be that person. You don't want to be the person that everybody recognizes has a bad attitude and they don't want to be around you. 
The good news is that now that you know, or at least if you've been able to identify that you might be the problem, that you might be the person with the bad attitude, it's not that difficult to fix. It's not that hard to overcome. I mean, really the key to fixing anything is to recognize there's a problem, admit it, and find a solution to it. The bad news is if you don't, there are really negative consequences associated with a negative attitude. The most obvious one is that nobody wants to be around you, not the people you care about, not the people who love you, not your family, not your friends, not your coworkers. Nobody will want to actually be around you because they're sick to death of your attitude. Hell, when I have a bad attitude, I don't want to be around myself, let alone around others who have a bad attitude. If you haven't already, you're going to lose important people in your life. You're going to block doors from opening. You're going to keep opportunity from coming into your life because of your attitude. So what do you do? What do you do about it? That's coming up in the next section of the podcast. Remember, I don't always just talk about theory. I always try to give you some kind of real actionable information that you can put into your life and try to move forward in a positive direction. And if you try them and they work for you, great. If they don't, dismiss them and ignore them. But if they do work for you, make sure you let me know. Tell me on Twitter or email me at podcast at jameslclark.com and make sure you share this with others because at the end of the day, if we all work together, we can change the world one person at a time. You're listening to Head Change with James L. Clark. We'll be right back after this short break. You don't want to miss it. Want to be inspired? Look out for James's new book, Boots on the Ground in Haiti. It's an emotionally moving first-person account of people just like you leaving their lives and families behind to help the victims of the 2010 earthquake in Haiti that leveled parts of the small island nation and killed more than 300,000 people in the blink of an eye. Gandhi said if you want to find yourself, lose yourself in the service of others. You'll lose yourself in the pages of this book and the real-life stories it shares. All right, welcome back. Now let's talk about the tips, things that you can do to put into action to make a positive change right now, wherever you're at. The first key, as we talked about, is just admitting the problem. I know this isn't 12 steps, it's not Alcoholics Anonymous, but that's a very valuable thing, right? You can't fix something if you don't admit that it exists. So that by far has to be the very first step. Of course, when I say it's simple, I mean it's simple to identify it and then move forward. I'm not saying it's going to be really easy for you to change your attitude instantaneously. The reality is you've taken time to build these negative patterns and in every negative pattern, it's going to take time and effort to fix it. You correct any negative pattern by doing the positive pattern over and over and over and over again ad infinitum ad nauseum. You practice that perfection. You practice being the person that you want to be on a regular basis. And when you make a mistake and you go down the wrong path again, you stop it dead in its tracks, you reverse course, you admit that you just screwed up, and then you do the right thing. I'll give you a great example. All of us have made mistakes. There's not a person on this planet who hasn't lied at least once in their life. I wish that we didn't, but we do. We sometimes embellish or exaggerate or we flat out lie and tell the opposite of the truth. One time I was working, I was probably 23 or 24 years old, and my supervisor had asked me if I had done something. And I just quickly, instantaneously said, oh, yep, I took care of it. Now, the truth is, I hadn't. I hadn't done it. And I knew I didn't. And I walked out of the office and I felt really bad about it, man. I turned around and went right back into his office. And I said, listen, I need to admit, I just lied to you. I, I don't know why I did it. I didn't need to do it because I know you wouldn't have been mad or anything. There was no justification. I just simply lied. And I'm sorry for that. I'm going to go take care of it. And he sort of just looked at me. 
truth is, I don't think he knew what to do because very few people ever do that. Very few people stop dead in their tracks, turn around and fix the path they were on. But for me, I just needed to do that at that time. And it was a good thing for me. I learned from that experience. It helped me grow. I'm not saying that's easy, but it's worth doing because if you're heading down the wrong road, it's never too late to turn around and go the right direction. And fixing negative attitudes, fixing any problem is about doing the right thing over and over again until you assimilate that pattern, until it becomes part of you, until it's second nature. The important lesson here that I'm trying to teach you is that success is all about little tiny steps towards the goal over and over again until you actually reach the destination. I mean, in life in general, success is about the journey, not about the end result per se. You just have a lot of series of end results throughout that success journey. Fixing problems, fixing negative behaviors, fixing a negative attitude. It's about taking incremental steps every day, all the time until you get there. Go back and listen to the podcast where I was talking about stopping thoughts at the threshold of your mind. Capture it. So when it enters your mind, examine it, hold it hostage. Don't let it actually come out through your lips. When it enters your mind, examine it. Ask yourself, is that really the kind of thing that I want to say or the kind of behavior that I want to exhibit? It's all about that little tiny step, right? Capture it, evaluate it, and then give it something better. So if it's a negative thought and you're going to go down that negative pattern pathway again towards a negative attitude, just refuse to do it. Don't do it. Stop right there where it's at before it even gets a chance to rear its ugly little head. Not everybody's going to be able to do that right away, but if you constantly try, if you're constantly making an effort, eventually you'll develop that skill. You may not have it right now, and you're probably going to fail over and over and over again and get results you don't want. That's perfectly cool, as long as you keep making the effort. In my opinion, one of the most effective ways to be able to change your behavior is to work with somebody who will hold you accountable. Go to a friend, somebody you trust, and say, listen, this is a problem I'm dealing with in my life that I want to fix. And maybe the problem's not even big. I mean, you know more than I do on a scale from one to 10 where it's at. It may be a one or a two, but it's still something you want to change. It may be a nine or a 10 where the circuits are about to blow. I don't know. But if it's something you think you need to modify, if it's something you think you need to change, if you want to be a more positive person, then you have to practice being positive. And you need somebody in your life to help you stay accountable. So when you fail, when you get results you don't want, they're there to scoop you up and give you support and encourage you because encouragement will go a long ways. And when you actually do it, when you start to see the results where you change that behavior and you make a different choice and you behave a different way, reward yourself. Man, pat yourself on the back. Do something to let yourself know that you're proud of that behavior. Reinforce it positively and you'll see more and more of it happen as the days go along. Something else that I'd recommend to you that's really important is that you try to investigate why you think the way you think. In my experience, virtually all success is in the mind. It starts all in your thought processes long before you ever take actual physical action towards that given goal. So you need to investigate why do you think the way you think? Why do you feel the way you feel? What kind of thought processes are taking place? What's your environment like? Are you surrounded by negative people? Because if you are, you had better extricate yourself from that situation. That's not to say that you can't be friends with them. It's not to say that you can't love them. But in my experience, by cutting the negativity out, it eliminated that negative influence on me and I quickly found my behavior started to change in a positive way. But not all the causes for negative thinking are going to be external anyways. It may very well be entirely in you. It may be coming from the way that you view the world around you. It may be coming from the patterns that you're building on a daily basis. 
And as much as I've tried, and I've, I'm sure a lot of other people have tried, I can't escape me. No matter what, I'm stuck with me until I eject from my Earth suit. It's just the nature of the beast, and I have to deal with it. So those negative patterns are things that I have to address myself. For me, it took going to a counselor, somebody who would take the time to work with me to help me discover the problems in my life so I could eliminate them. It's like going to any other doctor. If you've got a thorn in your leg and your leg hurts, you go to the doctor, you say, my leg hurts. They go, oh, look, there's a thorn. You remove the thorn, and then you start the road to recovery. Well, the mind is the same way. It's never a bad thing to seek external assistance from trusted people, a clinician, a counselor, a pastor, somebody who can objectively step back and help you discover the problems and find solutions to fix them. That process had a profound impact on me and really led me down the right road. And during the counseling sessions, I learned a mantra. And as a Christian, it worked really well for me. You may find something else more beneficial. But it goes like this, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I view this as an opportunity to get to know you better. And Lord, I'm free. That started to develop within me a thankful spirit, a spirit of gratitude. Gratitude is so important in changing your negativity to positivity. People who are grateful are joyful. People who are grateful are far more content. We live in a society where entitlement is rampant, where people think it's all about them. And that concept of entitlement leads them to think that they should be entitled to be right all the time, that they should never be offended, and so forth and so on. By choosing to be grateful, by developing gratitude, you start to develop a much more grateful personality, a much more happy personality. I've been all over the world and I've been with people who've lost their families in disasters. I've been with people who literally their children can't go to school. They can't afford to send them to school or to clothe them or feed them. I've met children who don't have shoes. So I tell you what, you want to be grateful? Go to a third world country. Heck, come with me just as a humanitarian. No religious overtones, no Christianity, no church, just going to do the right thing. I tell you what, you do that, you'll develop a spirit of gratitude unlike anything you can possibly imagine. And that will directly impact your positivity. That will directly impact and reduce the negativity in your life. When you can compare and contrast what other people have in such horrible circumstances to the great things that you have in your life that you often take for granted, I tell you what, man, it is liberating. And then it really drives you to want to do more, be more, and have a broader, more positive impact on society. The second part of the mantra was about trusting. So the first part was, I'm thankful. Second part is, I trust. For me as a Christian, that's great because I started putting my faith and my trust back in Christianity, back in Christ, back in the Lord as the center of my life. Now, again, you may totally 100% disagree with me and want nothing to do with Christianity. And that's cool. I'm not trying to convert you. Like I said, I'm telling you about myself and how I think and how I've got to the places I've got to. Now, you could distill that down and remove the quote unquote religious overtones and just look at it from a mantra standpoint. I mean, you can't fault the concept of going, I'm thankful, I'm trusting, I look at this as an opportunity to get to know me better, and I'm free to make mistakes. So there's the humanistic side, right? Here's the Christian side. Lord, I'm thankful. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I view this as an opportunity to get to know you better. Lord, I'm free. The humanistic side, I'm thankful for the circumstance. I trust myself to grow, and I trust myself with the circumstance. I'm using this opportunity to get to know myself better, and I'm free to make mistakes in the future. No matter how you dice it, our beliefs and the way we communicate with ourselves create the life that we want. That's it. Our life is entirely created by our thought process. They cause everything, the way we think, the way we talk, what we do is all directly related to the way that we communicate with ourselves and with others around us. So write your own mantra if you don't like the one that I've given you. 
Come up with something that you want to say to yourself over and over again, a positive affirmation about your attitude. And you can make affirmations about anything. The whole concept is to communicate with yourself internally so that that idea, that concept becomes a reality. The things you focus on is what you become. Zig Ziglar used to say, your attitude, not your aptitude, will determine your altitude. I love that. He also used to say, the more you complain about your problems, the more problems you'll have to complain about. Brian Tracy said, develop an attitude of gratitude and give thanks for everything that happens to you, knowing that every step forward is a step towards achieving something bigger and better than your current situation. You got to love that, an attitude of gratitude. What a great way to look at life. Winston Churchill said that attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. Sometimes I don't think people understand just how much attitude plays a part. So why not take the time right now to develop your own affirmation? Something like, I can take on anything. I create the most positive and supportive of experiences. I easily keep a positive attitude at all times. I embrace life. I endeavor to make each day the best day of my life. I have an easygoing attitude about life. I have the power I need to succeed. I improve the attitudes of others around me in a positive and upbeat attitude. I keep my attitude focused on beauty and the wonder of life. I keep my positive attitude by giving it to others. I live my life with abundant passion. You need to just come up with your own things that resonate with you deep down inside and connect to you and your personality. Go over that list of things that we talked about. Identify some of the negative areas in your attitude that you'd like to improve and then develop attributes that you would like to turn into affirmations that you say to yourself on a daily, if not hourly basis until you have a complete head change as a consequence. For example, if you identify that you're constantly critical in conversation, turn that into something like, I am positively edifying in every moment. Isn't that a wonderfully beautiful sentiment? If you identify that you use the word can't too often and too easily with yourself or with others, develop an attribute affirmation, something like, I have a can-do attitude in all things in my life and in support of all things for others. I'm making this up as I go. Imagine if you sat down and really concentrated your effort to develop your own affirmations that are in line, like I said, with your character and who you want to become. I have my own affirmations and my own mantra that I carry with me in my wallet. Well, at least I used to. I don't need to anymore because I've memorized them. Whenever I'm having a tough time or I revert back to old patterns that I don't respect in myself, I use that mantra and those affirmations to retool and redirect my mind onto the positive things so that I can continue to head down that road. You can do it too. I have faith in you. I know you can. So do it today. After all, everything worth having is worth working for. Remember, success is about discipline and dedication. Know where you want to go and keep going after it. You'll never regret being a better person, ever. And your relationships will grow because of it. I promise you, if you do these things, you're going to see changes in your life that you'll be so proud of. You'll see changes in your life that you can truly embrace. And you can say with great conviction that you worked hard for it. And as a result, you're improving the lives of others around you too. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of Head Change. Until next time, keep your head up, stay focused, stay disciplined, and treat others the way you want to be treated. Because that, my friends, is the key to real success. Thanks for listening to Head Change with author, speaker, and hero award-winning humanitarian James L. Clark. Please visit jameslclark.com for more resources and follow James at twitter.com slash jameslclark.
ready for a change? Want to implement a fail-safe system to ensure you reach your goals? Join James today on a life-changing journey. Through his mentoring program, you'll learn how to live intentionally, develop a plan for personal growth, and design your new lifestyle. Visit jameslclark.com or call toll-free 1-877-JL-CLARK. That's 1-877-552-5275.